tell me, have you heard that lately? I'm just saying you could do better. And I'll start hating only if you may. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's your boy, Real Talk Marv. And welcome to the pilot episode of Views from the Friend Zone. Now, the title, Views from the Friend Zone, is not, doesn't mean that the show is going to be completely about being in the friend zone. The show is going to be about different vantage points, right? My vantage point is from the friend zone. But my, my dudes, they're going to speak from all different kinds of different vantage points. So, I'm going to have my team introduce themselves. Guys, introduce yourselves. Yo. It's your boy Sensei, the one and only. Love me, hate me, nothing in the middle. All right, I ain't gonna get all into my history or my present or my future, but uh, you'll learn to love me. <laughs> my name is Bacardi Dog. You get to know me as weeks go on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the first topic we're gonna talk about is fatherhood, right? Father's Day is coming up in a couple of days, in two weeks actually, but we wanted to talk about fatherhood as one of the intro things to talk about. Fatherhood, it seems like it's not respected in our environment, right? It seems like Mother's Day is so special, but for some reason we don't get the same love for Father's Day. Tupac has his sh song, Dear Mama, there's all special Mother Day songs. However, when it comes to Father's Day, there's all songs like Father Was a Rolling Stone, you know, Forget My Father, no love for that. So, fatherhood, our first topic is, how has your relationship with your father affected you? We're going we're gonna to view that topic from three different vantage points, but the first point is, how has your father influence or your relationship with your father affected your relationships with women? How has it affected me with my woman? Yeah. <clears throat> oh. Well, uh, my relationship with my father, it definitely affected me in a lot of ways. Um, I think most deeply with my children and how I deal with them as a father. See, I'm a father of four. I have two beautiful girls, two energetic, wonderful boys, and um, that's my life right now. I would say <laughs> my father has affected me with women in general because I always aspire to do the opposite of what he's done. And I'm gonna tell you something about parents in general, DNA is strong. You can try as hard as you want to be opposite of your parents and do the opposite of what they did, but their DNA is in you and sometimes it's going to influence your behaviors. You know what I mean? I just, I see it. I had to take measures to uh, not be my father in general. All right, that's cool. What about you, Bacardi? Well... Quite different from my father. My father was a, uh, still is. He's not there. I said was. He's a great guy. Uh, I 
try to emulate certain things about them, but I felt short because some of my activities and things I chose to do, I shouldn't have. But um, my influence with ladies, you know, he was married twice, married my mom for 27 years and another lady, and I had multiple ladies and emulate him, but now I'm married and I'm being just like him. Okay, so I don't know, like my relationship with my father, it influenced me to be a good husband. You know, I seen how much like no matter how many, how much he struggled, no matter how hard things were, he was always supportive of my mother and he always loved my mother. Even though he wasn't like a PDA kind of person, even when he wasn't the person to show love to everyone, they had a special bond, you know what I'm saying? So my father was the first person to show me you know, how to treat a woman. He wasn't perfect, but I know that the love he had for my mother was strong. And that commitment showed me that, you know what, I didn't want to be out there having so many ladies in my life. I really wanted to commit to a woman and be a strong husband, you know? That's the opposite of what I did. <laughs> so you're a lucky man. Nah, but I would say one thing, and this is, that was my, my father, his influence on me. He wasn't in my life nearly as much as my grandfather. Yeah. So I was blessed. Your grandfather was a good man. Like he, he was everybody's he was, father figured in the exactly. neighborhood. Exactly. So if I follow his blueprint, you know, I realize what it is to be a, a committed husband, a provider for your family, and, and to take care of your kids first and foremost. That was my grandfather, you know. But um, like I said, DNA is strong. And my grandmother used to always say, because I ain't listen, I had to experience things first. You can't just tell me, don't do it. I don't experience it. And she was like, you just like your father. You know, you, you, you stubborn, you got your mom made up or whatever the case may be. I used to hate to hear that. But unfortunately, you know, it's true sometimes. Bacardi. <laughs> so do you think that the way that you saw your father interact with your mother motivated you to treat women a certain way? Or did you see a good example, ignored it, and said, F it, man, I want as many women as possible? You could be honest about it. In some ways, the answer to question differently, but the answer to question, my mother and father was to fight. And um, that deterred me when I got older to say, I never will put my hands on the lady. And, um, I haven't. But, That's um, funny. Because <laughs> you talk about you know, talk about my mother and father used to fight. That just reminded me of a story that my mother has told me plenty of times. My mother's not a ninja, <laughs> but she has thrown a knife and has caught my father in the back with it. I can't forget that story. I hope the statute of limitations is over on situations <laughs> oh, like that. Oh, this is years, years ago. Okay. See, so. Because I mean, we're not trying to get nobody no new charges. Nah, nah, my brother, she good on that one. I mean, she probably was a minor at the time anyway because, all right, see, I'm just putting all my business out there. <laughs> my mama had me as a young age. She's only 15 years older than me, and my father was 18 when I was born. So they was just young and dumb. Um, I asked my mother why she started dating my father. She said, oh, well, all the other girls liked him, so... I started dating him. I didn't really like him like that. So, yeah, that's that's kind of my impression of uh, relationships. 
starting off, you know, as I grow up, you learn, you, you learn what's right, you learn what's wrong, you learn what's right for you. Um, but sometimes, some people don't, you know what I mean? They get caught in that cycle. So, I'm going to move on to the next topic regarding on the influences of fathers, right? And um, I'm going to lean on you guys to be the, you know, subject matter expertise on this because... Although I'm a godfather to a couple of children, I'm not an actual father at this point, right? So how has the influence of your father and his presence affected your relationship with your children? The influence of my father having in my life and how it affects my child is that my, my child is defiant. She doesn't want, she doesn't want that unconditional love. And uh, I don't know it's because of her spending more time with her mother, she is, it's, her, her love is built on conditions. Like if you don't do X, Y, and Z, you don't get X, Y, and Z. You know, other than like just asking her, you know, just loving the fact it's like gotta be bored over the paycheck or sneakers and stuff like that. It's, it's a work in progress. It's not like I, I have relationships with my father, but I know where everything was done genuine. So, a lot of people aren't, you know, born in a two-family home. You know, a lot of people have a mother. Some people just have a father. But we, we know in our society, it's mostly considered just, you know, moms are there, right? So do you think the lack of fathers in the families is causing a, a strain on the black community? Definitely. Yeah, I mean... <clears throat> I, like I said, I, I didn't have my father present in my life on a day-to-day -day basis. He was in and out. Um, I see be here like two years and then he disappeared or, you know, he was just out there. Um, he was in my life a good portion of the time, I could say, but a lot of times when I was younger, you don't even remember that, but I always had my grandfather, so that was the stable male figure that I needed um, along with my mother. So... It's not a guarantee. It's just that there's a lot of uh, kids that's in two family or two parent households, I should say, and they messed up just like the ones that's not. But does it help? I would say no because I feel like, and, and with boys especially, a boy needs a male figure, whether it be his own father, whether it be his grandfather, or older brother, uncle, he needs some kind of male figure to follow or he's going to follow something out in the street, which a lot of if you speak about the black community, a lot of us tend to go towards, you know, you might find that big homie who's in the gang or that big homie out in the street hustling, whatever, and he look out for you. That's the male figure that you look up to. So they don't even have to be a family member, but you need that as a boy, you know. Like, um, like for me, like I said, I don't have any children, right? But I just know the influence that my father had, it made me think about it. Because growing up, I had a rocky relationship with my father. Things wasn't always good and stuff like that. He was kind of hard on us. And then I didn't get to see the full impact of having both parents to one day when I was a young teen, about 16, I'm talking to my moms and I'm just like, you know, at the time it was turbulent. So I was just like, mom, we don't got to stay here. We could just go leave my father because it was just like, you know, arguing, bickering, stuff like that. And then 
my mother said, you guys love me because, you know, I get to take care of you guys. I buy you guys clothes and stuff like that. But your father keeps the roof over our head. Your father makes sure that all the bills are paid. And even though he doesn't show you that love that you guys want, he helps keep everything running. It's a, it's a different kind of affection. You know what I'm you saying? What I'm saying? I, don't I don't know, know if it's exactly a Caribbean man thing and stuff like that. Some Caribbean men are very, can be loving to a kid. Some Caribbean men just keep a stern, yeah. you know, deposition, a stern that's attitude that's completely. That's supposed to be because a mother is a nurturer. And my mother always told me, uh, because my father wasn't present constantly, and even though my grandfather was there, she felt like I didn't have a, I guess a consistent male figure She said You gotta be hard on boys So my mother was hard on me You know what I mean Cause she was Yeah she was my mother Which was supposed to be a nurturer But she ain't want me to be no punk <laughs> You yeah. know what I mean She yeah. ain't want me to be no soft little punk Coming up So she was like I gotta be harder on him And that's just what she was You know what I mean I think there's a difference Because like My father provided For me Like I he just wasn't affectionate though. Like only time I can remember being my pops was like he just watched a Nick game or, or, or he was in like a routine. He come for work, scratch my head and go to the room. I mean I ain't seen him too much. We ain't do much. But um when I got older, I appreciated him the more, you know? I'm, I'm, it's just that he he'll call me today and be like it's raining outside, I have an umbrella. Oh, well, uh, Still giving advice, yeah, yeah. no matter how old you are. Yeah, you be like, all right. I'm like, all right, thanks, Dad. You know, what would I do without you? Type, you know, but what he really means, that's what I'm talking about, that unconditional love I said earlier with my daughter, is that he care everything about me, no matter what time I'm old or not. You know what I mean? Like, sometimes I talk to my father, and he say something about my brother. He goes, you know, you're five years, four weeks, three days apart. Like, like the way he wasn't affected, you didn't think he would even consider right. that or remember stuff like yeah. that, you know? It's I, go ahead. No, I, I just think, think I a think, black man, it's sometimes it's hard to express it, hard to show love or whatever. Well, I don't know how old your father was when you were born. Twenty, twenty-five. Twenty-five. So imagine twenty-five years old. You're not even sure what you're doing with your life, right? Exactly. My father had me at eighteen. So he's still a child, pretty much. You know what I'm saying? So I think it's like even some of the fathers that are present now, they having kids much earlier. You know what I mean? So you haven't even realized who you are completely as a person, and now you got to be a father to another. And here you're supposed to set examples where exactly you, you don't even have it. life experiences to so set examples. That's what happens, and then as they go on in life and get older, they start to, I guess, learn and want to establish. I guess that father-son relationship, even though you already grown, you know what I mean? It's yeah. never too late. And I think that's what happens, you know? Because let me tell you, the parenting is, they got a million books on it, but can't nobody tell you how You got to drive it. that car, you know what yeah, I'm saying? It's not, a, it's not cookie cutter. It's not a one, two, three, follow these instructions and you get it right. No, don't work like that. All right, so the last aspect of fatherhood that we're going to discuss is how has your relationship with your father affected the man you have become today? Like for me, my father's example of just always making sure the bills are paid and stuff like that. Like me, I don't play games. I make sure all my bills are paid and then whatever I have left over is what I have left over. That's one of the, you know, one of the main 
lessons I learned from him. You know, I lost my father about a year ago and I just always sit back to like the different advice he gave me. It plays in my head. It keeps me focused. It keeps me grounded. Like I'm a serious person and I, I was allowed to become, you know, educated and, you know, successful in terms as far as how society see you contributing to society because the influences of my father. You know, my mother allowed me to be a good man and taught me how to, you know, be a good you know, treat women right, and then my father taught me how to be responsible as a man. So, how has your relationship with your father molded you, you man? How has your relationship with your father molded you, made you the man you are today? In what ways? Oh, basically, somewhat like you said, like being a provider. Like, uh, I was telling Sensei earlier that my father worked 46 years, and um, at one of his jobs and got a part time job. For 19 years. Damn, uh, that's that's tough. Provide, and he didn't take a day off for 19 years. And uh, he instilled that work ethic in me. You know, I go to work every day, no matter how party, no matter what I do. And um, that's it, all working. What about you? Sometimes you learn from what not to do. Yeah, what you example not to follow, I was going to. My, my father, he probably didn't even realize how many examples he gave me or things he taught me. Just by I seen his mistakes, you know what I mean. I learned from his mistakes. As far as those uh, uh, morals and things of that nature, I learned all of that from my mother for the most part, but and my grandfather as well. But um, my father, <laughs> he told he he showed me what not to do as far as you know getting caught up and and, and doing things like. My father wasn't the smartest man, but he thought he was. Actually, no. Let me let me rephrase that. I'm take that okay, back. Okay. Okay. My father was too smart for his own good. He was, I think, like valedictorian in high school. He spoke four languages or whatever, whatever. But he got caught up in the streets. You know what I mean? He decided he wanted to be a hustler, and he broke one of the ten crack commandments. You know, never get high. Off your, Both own, your own supply. Yeah. So, you know, that kept me out of hustling. I'm not gonna say I never thought about hustling, but then I said, you know. My pops used to hustle. I used to see him back big stacks of money, but he, he failed at it. And I'm not saying I would fail at it too, but I'm like, I'm not going to make the same mistake he made. Same thing with kids. My father got like, I'm the oldest of all my siblings, but we're still not sure. It's between 8 and 10 out there. Wow. You know what I mean? He got a lot of kids. Well, I, I think that's one way you kind of like your father. You got a couple <laughs> kids yourself too. Shut you up, got a team. You one <laughs> short from a starting five. You know what I mean? Listen, anyway, I, I learned that we have strong uh, swimmers. <laughs> you guys are potent as hell in your family. Potent, so, you know, but he wasn't present. And he was present at some time, I guess, in each of his kids' life. But he wasn't consistently there. And um, I seen him even have some of the nastiest arguments, even with me. Like, the way he would talk to his kids. Maybe he wasn't in the right state of mind Or whatever the case may be And I said you know what I'm never going to be that I'm never going to do that I'm never going to be that I'm always going to be there for my kids They ain't never going to have to wonder where I'm at Or why they ain't seen me So that's a valuable lesson That he yeah. taught me just by his actions You know what I'm saying Yeah So that's, that's the You know uh, I forgot what movie it was It was a funny line I want to say it might be Denzel Or it could be uh, Clinton, Clifton Powell When he said If you need a son I could hook you up <laughs> Do you remember that? I think that was Denzel I can't remember what, what movie that, that was Denzel. Hold on a second I, Hold on a second It's funny yeah. that you said that Because like, I know your father like, I don't 
I guess because he's not my father. I didn't see them things. You know what I mean? I saw him as a hustler, a cool dude, like in paper. Yeah. Like, you know, he's the same guy who took me to see Malcolm X and also took me to see Minister Society. When I was well too young to go see yeah. Minnesota. <laughs> I kept it real with you. Sometimes sometimes you gotta make a little dude a man yeah, early. I understand that. But I'm just saying he showed me he showed me things in a different way. And um now I feel like it's reverse. It's crazy because my pops is in his second or third childhood. I swear I think from his substance abuse, they say when you start using drugs That's you when your mind stops developing. Your mind stops developing. That's so a fact. I think he started at like late Maybe early 30s, so he's, yeah, he's like 50, 51 now, he's 18 years older than me, so no, 50, like 53, something like that, but yeah, he's 35, really. Yeah. He hasn't matured in a lot of ways, so. Alright, so we're going to move on to the next topic. The next topic is a little lighter, it's a little more fun, and it's just, to me, I always tell people. Summer's my favorite season because like summer dresses and barbecues and things like that. Things that you know that are visually nice, right? So this topic is called Single for the Summer. And we know so many people on relationships all winter, all spring. But for some reason, when the flesh starts showing, people start acting out. Both men and women. But sometimes... People develop this persona that they're single for the summer, right? So the first question for the topic, single for the summer, is, is summer cheating season? Bacardi, you, <laughs> you start us off with that. I mean, it, I'm married. But it can be if you're into that right now. But um, I guess it's certain things, everything is... It's out in the open. Everybody doing what they want to do. You know, it's, uh, schools are out. You know, kids away at camps or whatever. People have more free time to do what they want to do. You know, and, uh, kids away at camp. Yeah, <laughs> I, I want you guys to know that this show is we, we try not to hold back, right? So don't be nice. Don't be nice. Don't give corny read answers. Be, keep it keep it all right. So Sensei, let them know. It's summer cheating season. Summer is probably the season that most people cheat. I wouldn't call it cheating season. I would just say I honestly believe the weather does have an effect on you. And women can attest to this. They get hot like we get hot. It's hot outside. What happens in the summer? Women wearing less clothing. You know what I mean? They showing off their products. It's like they advertising for the winter. They're like, I'm trying to get booed up for the winter. So I got to show what I got in the summer. Um, cheating season? I wouldn't say. Because if your relationship is strong, you probably with your girl more so than anything. Now, y'all going out more in the summertime, you know. And you just got to make sure you got your shades on. Cause <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 if I keep it right, I think summer's cheating season. Because it's just like, you know, for some reason. If you're going to cheat, you don't need a season. Trying, you know what I'm saying? Got it. That, that's understood. Right? That's understood. Fall, cheating happens. Spring? What's, what's spring? Cheating happens 365. Exactly. I get that. But for some reason, I feel like cheating escalates. I feel like people do wild stuff. People want to break up easier because it's summertime. They're like, yo, there's a lot of things out there. Yeah. I got more choices. So I ain't dealing with that headache. Yeah, I agree with that. Girls start making me feel good in the summer. 
They don't care about you in the winter. You are buttoned up. You looking like everybody else. They just trying to get out the cold. And they trying to stay warm. And they trying to get a place to live. And I also think if you keep it real, it's just like this. You know, people are less looking for a place to live in the summertime because they don't want to roll around. So they'll take those chances, right? That that dude who who sleeps on couches. And like, you know, wifey up chicks he don't want to be with in the wintertime to stay warm might take some more risks during the summertime. It's a lot more one-night stands. I guess I never looked at it like that, but yo, I, I ain't never realized that you said cheating had a season. I don't know, man. Like, nah, I just, I, like you said, cheating, cheating's all year round, but for some reason, it's more temptation in the summer. I would agree with that. It's temptation. Yeah, more it's temptation. Definitely more temptation. If you a cheater... And you're willing to cheat on your girl, you're gonna say, Oh, well, I seen this bad thing, but it's only November, December. I'm gonna holler at her in June and July. No, you're gonna go then. What you gonna wait for? It's cold outside. Yeah, you probably don't wanna be outside as much, but I'm just saying, you're a cheater, you're a cheater. All right, so I'm going to ask the next question on this topic. Why do people play single for the summer and forget that they're in a relationship? People more willing to go out, do things. It's harder to get a date in the winter. Because even let's let's keep it real, right? You know, when it's like, all right. So let me give an example, right? So sometimes, you know, you chilling and stuff like that, and it's it's winter's cold. Dudes be like, nah, man, yo, I'm gonna I'm gonna see y'all later. I'm just gonna lay up with wifey. It's cold out here and shit like that. But summertime come around, dudes be like, yo, man, I'm trying to get into something, man. You know, what's going on? You know what I'm saying? What's the next move? Because it's nice outside. We outside. Like, we've been bundled up for all our months. Mm-hmm. Now we just outside enjoying the <coughs> festivities, the sundresses or whatever. But I can't, you know. Well, so why do you forget that you're in a... Not you, but why do men forget they're in a relationship? Topic, you know what I mean? We got to let it be known. Mom, uh, Mom is married. Bacardi Dark is married. I'm in a committed relationship, right. and I'm a divorcee, so I have actually experienced the cheating thing and all of that, and yeah, it might have happened in the summer, but that's just a coincidence. <laughs> it's just a coincidence, it's right? It's just a coincidence. So, you know, it, that's why it's so crazy, because it's views from the friend zone. Ain't none of us in the friend zone at this It's moment. a vantage point. I didn't but get a we, chance to really do that. Yeah. I'll do that after this topic and give a little more We've background of it. We've been but, there. You can get out of the friend zone too, just so you know. All you do is they think you stuck there. No, you're not stuck there. Let me just tell you that. Okay. So, but um, any other insight on why do you think dudes play, you know, forget that they in a relationship during the summertime? Or females too, right? Yeah, I think, I think dudes don't never forget. <laughs> don't no matter what the season. It's the females who be like, you know, it's summer. Or you acting up. You out with your boys. You know, hanging out. Dudes there. are hollering at me too. Then those, then those friend zone dudes is constantly checking up on her. Oh, you in the house by yourself again? He out drinking again with his boys. Let me if come through with that like bottle. You, if I had a girl like you, I would never leave the house. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Until the winter. So, all right. So the next topic for the single for the summer, the next portion is: Does the warm weather make people more horny? Like if you think about it, in your own your own recollection, your own experience and stuff like that, do you think you get it popping more in the summertime when it's warm, or, or popping when, when it's cold? When I was younger, you know, I just took it as an excuse. But now, 
ain't no every day I'm the same now, you know. Yeah. <laughs> all season, horny, I'm horny all the time. Yeah, horny all the time. I sum it up like this in one phrase. They say, what do they say when an animal is horny? They in heat. They in heat. When are we in heat? And it's hot outside. It's hot outside. In the summertime. Yeah. You know, but you would think it'd be opposite because I'd be like, it's cold out. I want to be warmed up. You know what I'm saying? I yeah. want some loving because, you know, summer sex is, especially if she ain't got no AC. <laughs> Some sex is a struggle, but but certain certain don't get the ice, Rosie. Certain certain struggles people people endure, though. You know, so it's just like I would I would say it's the weather. The weather, you know, would make you think that more so. I guess, Um, like I said, that's just women is quicker to take off their clothes because they hot. Yeah, you know, dude. So if you could think about you know the summer weather and stuff. Do you think that you've done wilder sexual things in the summertime? Because it's just like you outside, you're like, yo, let me try this or let me try that. Wait, what or, you mean we outside? You... We, we outside getting it in? I mean, <laughs> let's keep it real. Sometimes that happens. Sometimes you get it in in the park. Sometimes you get it in at the beach. You know what I'm saying? In the wintertime, you, you just... You got it in outside? I've got it in outside. You got it in outside? Outside. I've got it in outside. Rooftop. In the pool. You know what I'm saying? In the pool? Is that a public pool? Not a public pool. <laughs> you know, let me shut my mouth up. But in the pool, in the hot tub, you know what I'm yeah. saying? You go on vacations yeah. and you you doing outdoor activities. And, and then... That's what I'm saying. Now it's like in the wintertime, you know, you're only getting it in, in a warm, uh, uh, isolated environment, probably your home. You know what I'm saying? In the summertime, it's like, yo, if you're feeling freaky, you could go behind this bush you know what I mean? It's just a different mindset because it's like everybody's on. I think because we more socialized. Yeah, everybody's outside. People are getting drunk. That like we from New York. And people angry in the winter. You know, I think people more because too damn cold. You in my way. I'm trying to get inside. You exactly. know what I'm saying? Exactly. People's personalities and especially in New York. When you're in New York, yeah. it's you know. It's but it's more shootings. This is I'm we going on a tangent, but it's a lot of shootings in the summer because it's dumb hot. Because people the are angry girls too. Girls is getting smashed. <laughs> <laughs> they shooting people. <laughs> no, nah, I just I mean they hot. You, not only are you hot uh, sexually, you hot tempered. It's just hot. Everything is hot in the summer. Yeah. So people got shorter tempers, but they also got. Less I don't even take the heat. That's just ignorance. People going shoot, shoot. But I'm saying shoot, shoot. I'm you don't saying. think the weather has an effect on even the animals are affected by the weather. I think they migrate. They only mate during certain seasons. So we are no different. That's the problem. We think we're different than animals. We are not too far removed. <laughs> we went on a real tangent, right? All right, so I'm going to move on, right? And then I'm going to go to the wild card segment. Wild card segment is the fellas doesn't know the question I'm going to ask, you know? So my wild card question is, it's easy to say, have you ever had a one night stand? But my question is, what's the fastest from introduction to bed, have you ever experienced? This is my cousin right here. I tell him I got a whole bunch of them. Like, I know you got some stories, Bacardi. Let him know. I 
can't do it. Three minutes. Three minutes. What you mean you can't do it? Listen, you gotta put it I out. I don't. I don't. I don't. Yeah, he he All got right. some stories. He told me some stories. I'm like, <laughs> he I'm told me some say, stories I'm too. I'm gonna tell you a quick one, real quick. I was at the club, <laughs> and I was dancing with a lady, and uh, before the song was off, we went outside, and 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 and, and she sucked me off. They didn't ask me my name or nothing, like. That so, was in the summertime? See, me, me being friend zone mob, stuff like that never happened to me, yo. Yeah, I don't, um, I, I always have these long courtships and hollering at chicks and stuff like that. I never got that instant <coughs> slip off and something happened. You know what I'm saying? Well, I could say, oh, you want to expand on that well, story? I, I, but you I had something quicker than that? I'm a little hyper right now. I don't think you had nothing quicker than that. Nah, that's it. That's, I, I, before the song went off, I got it. The song started. Damn, so, so Bacardi Dark said with most the average song is three to five minutes. <laughs> so I don't know what kind of monkey eyes or sexual <laughs> eyes he gave that female. Yo. But before the song ended, he was outside That's why I always getting some say, fellatio, which is crazy. Is, when she, she knows if she will screw a guy within the first minute of meeting him, I believe that to be true. Yeah. I, I, I feel like I've always had to be a salesman. I've always, I've always had to sell <laughs> you, sell you on why you, you want to give me something. You want to give me something. You know what I'm saying? I gotta let you know. Like they always see me. Like you know what? I'm gonna be real. Some people are just like, oh, he's cute or whatever. But I'm not into big guys. So I always gotta be like, well, I made you laugh. I made you smile. Now I gotta sell you on why we need to escalate this from the laugh and the smile. That's been my life. It sucks. I mean, I'm married now, right? I'm married, so I'm not in that game anymore when I'm hollering at females and trying to, you know, smash and stuff like that. But it's just like when I was a young pup, I would have liked to have not spent so much time being a salesman. So what about you, Sensei? What is the fastest point from introduction? To bed or into, let's well, get it on. Definitely not as fast as Bacardi. A um, song is crazy because I am, and people who know me might find this hard to believe. I am a romantic. I do not. I've never had. You a too romantic. That's why you got four kids. But no, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I've never had a one night stand. They call me double up because if I had it once and I have it twice. Um, Make sure it was just as nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Confirmation before you move on. Um, but so no, I, I I wouldn't say my explorations into uh, uncharted vagina was quick. But um, the, I'll tell you a story of the most rare kind of situation I had. Yeah. I actually <clears throat> slept with a woman off a wrong number. Wow. That, um, can't believe I'm telling you this story right now. But, um, yes, it was, uh, she called me, and I was at work. I remember you telling me about this. this yeah, story. yeah, but go ahead, continue, continue. She was at, she called me, I was at work, and I was like, she, I don't know who she asked for or whatever. I was like, you know, I said, you got the wrong number. And for some reason, when people call a number wrong, they call it back again. Like, it's going to change. They thought they, they, they typed a different number, but they typed the right number. So she called me back again, maybe about two, three minutes later. And I was like, no. I was like, it's still me. Um, but what's your name? I was bored at work at this time. And um, she started talking to me. So I started talking back. And um, I guess we continued talking. 
Um, not gonna say whether or not I was involved at this time, <laughs> but I'll just say here at Views from the Friend I, Zone, we do not incriminate ourselves by providing chronological timelines of when things right. happen. Yes. Everything that we discuss happened in a far past right. history mm -hmm. time. Wait, nothing wait, wait. happened. Wait, wait, wait. Nothing happened recently. Nothing happened while we're in situations yeah. that we completely respect. But so I don't know the time frame as far as when you you talk about meeting somebody in person because. Yeah. We spoke on the phone a few times, and she lived in Pennsylvania. You know, I'm in New York. So pretty much when she came to New York, that was our first time meeting, and it went down. Oh, oh, but, oh the, I got another story. Oh, he got another. Bacardi has another story. Let he us know, Bacardi. Stories. His memory just got to be jogged. Yeah. Um, He's making it views from the one-night stands. <laughs> family member I was. I was at a gambling spot in Brooklyn. Uh -huh. And I was too tired to go home. I didn't want to drive home. And I had a cousin living in Brooklyn. So I, I called her and I was like, yo, where you at? I'm going to stay at your house, you know, till the morning. She said, I got a couple of my girlfriends. I'm about to pull up. I was already in front of her building. So I, by the time my cousin pulled up to the car with her two girlfriends up in front of her building, and by the time when we get upstairs to the house, we're on the elevator together. Talking to her friends, she, she keeps telling me, "Yo, don't don't mess with my friends because I mess with one of these brothers." I'm like, oh, go ahead, man. Go ahead, man. <laughs> so by the time we get from the elevator going to the house, my cousin, homegirl, go take a shower. I'm talking to my cousin. My cousin get out the shower. Me and Shorty smashed while my cousin went in the shower. And I, you didn't know her before know the situation. Her, I don't know. I don't know what cologne you. I don't know what cologne you wear. I don't know what looks you give. But man, I don't have that. Like the the quickest that's ever happened to me was like. I I've had one night stands, but it's it's been like, kind of like you know, it was a one night stand kind of thing. But I knew the person and stuff like that. Well, I could that be a one night stand where it's just like you know. You knew of the person, but this is the first time y'all really hung out. It happened and then it never happened again. But I thought one night stand was just when you meet, you meet them, yeah. and then you know. That's it. I think with you, you so know, I, I, you know, I'm kind of, I'm kind of, you know I'm muddy in the description. Like a head start. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I didn't know these people. Like you motherfucking Sonic the Hedgehog. Yeah. But listen, smash game. Some, sometimes I'm a go getter. More in some areas. <laughs> He's ambitious. <laughs> ambitious. No, you right? know what it is I about cut, Bacardi. I cut, I cut through the bulls. Yeah, the he don't. Like, he don't do I the stuff. I have boys who's like that, but let me tell you. And a lot of women respect that. Yeah, like, but daddy, let me tell you, it only works for certain people. I have friends who say certain things to women that would get me arrested, but women <laughs> laugh when they hear that stuff from certain people. I don't know if when I say it, I just look creepy or something yeah. like that. But I have boys who's just like, you said that to her. I've have, I'm not going of course, I never incriminate somebody. But I have boys I chilled with who, you know, they, they was looking at a girl from far in the club. They just walk over to them. And now they're groping this female up from a look. I would get arrested. Complete, no <laughs> doubt about right. it. Arrested doing something like that. But yeah, I mean, sometimes if they ready, you ready, it's like. You know, and you got that swag. Like I guess you got. See, I, I, I'm doing the show, so I can't see if there's any comments and stuff like that. But I would love to hear from female vantage points as mm -hmm. far as what's their mentality of the one night stand. 
You know what I'm saying? He because we don't we don't call each other. I don't hear Cliff's stories and say, "Damn, Cliff is a hoe." I think Cliff is my hero yeah, right now, right? But, but a woman side. hears that, like, "Oh, she a hoe." You don't even know him. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes you just you just want to get it. Like I said, this is my cousin, so I, I be I tell him all my little past stories and and things I did and all that though. But sometimes it just you in some situations want to get it in, though, you know? It's funny. You know, men, we fabricate our stories to be more nasty than they probably was. Mm-hmm. Women fabricate their stories to, to clean be it more up. Wholesome. Like, like oh, I didn't it wasn't on a one night stand. I know his cousin from back in the day. <laughs> exactly. So I actually know the family. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Spoke. I start like, you know, I just seen him and jumped on it. We, we had a conversation. And, and he promised me he was going to call me, yeah, so I figured yeah, we was yeah. going to build on it. And then I changed my mind. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, Whatever makes yeah, them always. sleep better, right? So yeah, we're going to move on close. to the next topic, right? So this next topic is a little deeper, right? So it's sort of like, you know, the views from the Friends Zone podcast, we're going to be all over the place, right? It's different vantage points. And this topic is a serious topic called self-hate, right? It seems... For some reason that we we're hard on ourselves, you know what I'm saying we we don't support each other, we don't support our community, we don't build in our community, we don't support our brands, you know what I'm saying, and it's sort of like you know, okay, you hear this argument over and over again, but it's just like you go to certain communities, you go to a community that's considered a Jewish community. And everything's run by the Jewish people. You go to a community that's considered the Chinese community, and everything's run by a Chinese community. You go into the black community, a Chinese person might own a food store, a hair care product and stuff like that. You know, a, a, a Middle Eastern person probably owns a corner store. You know what I'm saying? So it's sort of like, why don't we take ownership in our own right and people might say oh we don't have the resources and stuff like that but i i don't even feel like it's a focus of ours right so the first topic of self-hate is why do we openly call this is this is a this is a big one right let me give a little background is because we know tonight's game two and lebron james is gonna put that work in right (laughs) yeah but even though lebron james is a world-renowned superstar Known by his first name, you say LeBron, white, black, blue, whoever, people know who <laughs> LeBron is, right? And you got a feeling one way or another. Yeah. You so, know? someone earlier this week painted nigger, and I try not to say the word, but yeah. I have to, the N-word. I should have said the N-word, but someone painted no, the N-word. N-word. It's nigger. That's the, we can't dance around topics like this. But I mean, someone painted the word, it, the N word, on his right. fence, right? And then people, uh, a clown. I'm not gonna give him donkey of the day because you know. He said it could have been somebody black. Is no, uh, oh. you know, the breakfast club. I'm not gonna copy this. But Jason Whitlock said, "Oh, you know, the N word is not that serious for LeBron. It was an inconvenience. It wasn't racist and stuff like that." He said that. He said that. But Whitlock is a clown. But that's a whole nother show. So, the. T- to bring it back in, why do we openly call each other the N-word and we lose our mind if someone from another race calls us the N-word? Oh, you want to take it there? Yeah. Well, listen. Because... I, I, didn't, I didn't know you was going to take it there. I want to get back to your original topic of self-hate and stuff. But I'm, I'm going to answer that question. 
Because um, I got a feeling Because that it, That is a form of self-hate Right Because No it's a, no, uh, no, no Don't no, get it twisted no, 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 no. I'm not, not going to be a hypocrite Hear me out Hear me out that I'm not going to be a hypocrite And say that I don't use the word I Sometimes When I'm with certain Like I was telling my wife the other day It's like when I'm with certain company The n-word slips out I'll never be at work and say That n-word owes me a report Right It'll never come out <laughs> yeah. But if I'm chilling with boys Like yo That n-word try to front on me Right So it's, it's a condition That I condition myself That I want to work past Right Because to me There's no <laughs> real power in the word There's no benefit in the word But I'll let you continue I, I just want to, to it to be known I'm not trying to be a hypocrite About the n-word But we give you know, the N-word is a hateful word. It was used to degrade us. And some people say, now nah, we own it. And don't get it twisted. I've used it in the past, but it's just like, nah, man. We don't need to own. But Let's own property. Let's not own the N-word. I, I agree. I agree. That's ignorant thinking. And I, I go back and forth with it sometimes, too. Like, I don't need to call my brother a nigga to feel good about it. You know? But that's what I, I do. I ain't gonna lie about it. But my thing is this. Um... They said that to us to demean us and put us down during times of slavery, right? That was something that to make you feel less than. <clears throat> so this is the power of the black community, the power of us as African Americans. We say, now we're going to take that and we're going to embody it and make it our own. And now you can't use it, all right? Because it's a different time. You can't use it without taking the risk of having your ass whipped because you don't never know. You know what I mean? So it's like, Oh, this was a word created by those oppressors, and now it's a word we use to show love. I mean, and it still can be hateful, don't get me wrong, it's not all love, you know, but at the same time, I think it's just dope to say, like, you took a bad situation and made it good, in a, in a sense. So, you used this to hold me down, it did not work, and now I'm using it to show my brother love, you know, because that's my N-word, so to speak. That's what that I see. So, I, Bacardi, you let us know. The <laughs> <laughs> views from Bacardi Dog, you let us right, know so what you feel about sense. the N word. <laughs> and no they, and, and just, just to so reiterate, know, just to reiterate, even after you say your point, my question is we gave it power, like you said, but then we lose our mind if somebody else uses it's, it. To me, it's just something that we do. We condition to do it, but however. It's something not for everybody. I mean, we ain't going to try to correct that. Like you said, we should own property, we own the word. But it's like, some things you can do that he can't do. You know what I mean? And you shouldn't do that. So, I'm not going to. It's just everything ain't for everybody. Like, we don't walk around and go, hey, crack, or hey, Bob. You know, whatever. I think it's similar to women calling each other bitches. Yeah, that's a whole nother topic. That's a whole nother show. We'll bring that We'll bring that up later, but that's a whole nother show. These women with their girlfriends call each other, oh, yeah, that's my bed. That's my bed. You know what I'm saying? But let somebody else who they don't know call them that. It's like, who you talking to? I thought that was your name because your girlfriend called you her bitch. You know what I'm saying? So I think it's the same thing. But as you were saying, in our culture and the community, sometimes, like, I saw a comedian the other day on HBO or whatever. And not to be funny, he was like, but we use the N word is different. Yeah. But he said he had some potato salad and something. He was like, you had some? He was like, man, God. Like you put your foot. Like you can use it multiple right. ways. But it's just, you can. But I'm saying again, that's amongst us. That's amongst what we do. Everybody can't do what we do. Everybody I say, listen. I'm of the mind state, and I know it's not the same because times have changed. It's not slavery, but I'm of the sticks and stones mind state. Words will never hurt me. 
I've allowed some of my white friends, no lie, my 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 uh, white friends in college or whatever it is be, they refer to me as my nigga. You I never let I never let them get comfortable never, like that. I, I'm not allowed it. I ain't like, gonna lie right. to you. I ain't gonna lie to you because it's it's a respect thing, right? Because my thing about it is, <clears throat> I don't want you to feel that you yeah. know you can you can have that kind of rapport with me where you don't show me respect. It's it's tough, right? Because I I don't even like if I don't know you like that. For you to use N-word for me You could be black as midnight But if I don't know you like that I take it as disrespect Because you're seeing me as an ignorant person You're not seeing me as, as who I am And that's why I think you're giving too much power to the word No, but That's why I think I we think, give too much there's no power res- to there's the no word There's no real respect to it There's, there's no so many words in the dictionary right, So many offensive it. words people call Don't call me a coon That's what. Listen, you call me all types of N-word Don't call me no coon I don't like that word you know, so I think we pick and choose what you would want to be referred to. Um, so that's my thing. I think don't give too much power correct. to the word. Because once think. you do that, you you give that person power over you by showing that they can affect you in a negative way just by saying this word. I'm not that weak. You can't. You can say a bunch of things to me. It's not gonna affect me. Let, let no, me tell no, you. Too, hold on, I, I'll let Bacardi go ahead. Go ahead. It's, it's something different. If right now, if he say that he smacked Caleb, that's my daughter. By hold up, but you're gonna respond to it. You're not gonna investigate. You let them words affect you. No, because that's an action. He's not telling just words. He's no, explaining no, saying, action. But, he's, but he, he could be lying. But you will go there okay. and do something. Well, he, now his ass is lying. Well, that's, a, a, that's an implication. That's an implication. That. All right, all right. I was, I was with a word. The point I'm getting at is there's certain things that a man shouldn't say. To another man, or some things we shouldn't say, and, and all of us are professionals, so we shouldn't want to jeopardize our freedom for a word. But sometimes certain things just get under our skin, and you shouldn't say it to somebody else. Like if I'm like, "Yo, why tell you suck me off?" You know, that's those are just words, has, has no but words. It's, but right. it's a very but disrespectful invite. So, has any of your peoples ever been like, "Yo, suck my," you know what? You telling me they ever said that to you? Nah. No like, and, and if they did, I checked them with me. And if I didn't know you, I went inside your head. If you don't know me, just, that that just, that that is what's the name. Just on the, if you said it to me, I'd yeah. be like, yo, I don't play dick games like that. Okay. I understand what? that, but I still think like you can't be affected by a word to the point where you lose yourself and act out of character. No matter who's well, saying we human. it, we human. you know what I'm saying? We're human. We lose because our minds over the last. A little bit of orange juice in the refrigerator sometimes. I think, a, I think, honestly, I think a white person would be more surprised if they riled you up. They had an intention of making you pissed and whatever by calling you the N-word. And you said, is that the best you can do? I got called the N-word by white men last week. Oh, yeah. But sometimes they, they try to set you. Up, right? I chased him down. You lucky I ain't catch him. But they try. Sometimes it's a bait, right? <laughs> sometimes you get baited with that. You know what I'm saying? But my thing about it is, what really bothered me is, it's perception, right? So, we walk around. Think about it. We, 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 like, I'm not disregarding what you said about the ownership of the word and stuff like that, right? But we're literally walking around. Wanting respect, and then they they pretty much see us walking around calling 
calling each other one of the lowest things we can be called. That they, they saw us as less of a person. To be a nigga, you're like three-fifths of a person if you break it down to how laws used to be. And we're walking around embracing, calling each other right, that like it's cool. Look at the influence we have. It's not just us. This freaking Asian kid saying, what's up, my nigga? Because, but you they're buying I mean? into oh, our whatever. culture. We, we don't Spanish even profit. Saying, we're not you know even profiting it's off not... of the culture. Okay, and that's so a whole different... A culture? But no... But when you more, said the Asian person saying it, it's, it's because they're adapting that from the culture of the hip hop culture. Them, you think it makes them more uh, 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 afraid? Yeah, hold on, wait, wait. You think it makes them more afraid that their children, right, use our slangs and stuff, like referring to themselves, white kids referring to themselves as, oh, yeah, that's my nigga, blah, blah, blah. You think it makes them more afraid that that has infiltrated their home to that point or more? They might have always like, been in their home. And but but, but more like or, or more happy that look how we referring to ourselves. You know what I mean? They just like look at this. I don't even think they they they're afraid that you know it's infiltrating their children and stuff like that. As far as the influence of what their children are going to become or what their children will be or how society their children. To them, they more feel like it's it's the audacity of their children dumbing down to that kind of a culture, not necessarily the influence of what they're going to be. That, that's my opinion. So let me let me get to the next question on this topic, right? And, and I kind of, you know, introduced this when I brought up the topic. And it's, why do we let other races get away with owning most of the businesses in our community? And why do we shop from others before we shop from ourselves? I don't think we let other races get away with it. It's just that we think so little of ourselves. Like, our like, like, for instance, not to cut you off, but just from the question... It's like the um, dag, Lonzo Ball and his father, right? The five hundred dollars sneakers that everyone's dissing. And I ain't gonna lie, those don't, they don't look good and stuff like that. But I've been seeing some, you know, some Valenciaga shoes that look crazy to me. That 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 don't even look as a heterosexual male. I don't even think I would be comfortable wearing those shoes. And men are wearing these shoes, and they're like fifteen hundred dollars. They don't think twice. Let me see. That's one of the problems right there. I'm going to let you go. But we're yeah. some of the most materialistic right. people that there is. You know, I don't even know how to spell Balenciaga. What do you say? Balenciaga. I don't know yeah. how to spell it. I don't care about it. <laughs> My kids don't wear it. But they got clothes on their back and food in their belly. Balenciaga ain't going to make them feel better about themselves. I'm just saying. that's We, we, we make some of the least amount of income out of all ethnicities and we spend we the most spend the most so but we quick to want to give our money to somebody else like you said we don't want to give it to each other That's like we take penetary we take penetary chances so we can have a ferragamo belt balenciaga sneakers Anybody want to have it <laughs> but you know what I'm saying that, that that's my problem like to be honest <laughs> with you I'm not going to Although I work in a corporate setting, I'm not going to sit there and lie and say that all of my people are corporate setting people. I have people who are still involved in the street. I have people who get money that way and stuff like that. But we're not hustling to be like, you know what? 
I'm trying to build this business. I'm trying to make sure I have something to pass on to my kids. And I'm going to risk anything it takes for this to be successful. We hustling to make sure like, yo, I got to shit on them with that Bentley, yo. I got to shit on them and buy a couple of bottles in the club. I'm going to take these penitentiary chances just so I can shine. Why not? T- well, I'm not saying take any penitentiary chances. But why is that like, yo, I'm dying. I'm going to do whatever it takes to build this business so that I know my legacy is firm. I'm leaving this behind. But like I was going to say earlier, it's that most people in our community don't teach us to be entrepreneurs or, or, or ownership. They teach us to get a good job. Even our high schools, our guidance counselors tell us to be X, Y, and Z. They mm-hmm. don't teach us ownership, entrepreneurship. But we have, to, we have to have these conversations. You know what I'm saying? Because I was telling my wife the other day, you know, did I cut you off? Or, or you from, no, I was telling my wife the other day, like, we were sitting around and pe- yesterday I was at a barbecue and then my, my, my nephew who just graduated, John Hopkins, congratulations, got his master's, he's a rocket scientist. He was telling me how back in 2000, yeah, <coughs> like, Eric, uh, space engineering crazy, like, very smart dude, right? And he was sitting there telling me, like, how back when he was 13, 14, he told his parents to buy stock in A&G when the market was crashing because it went down so low. And, it, and if you had put money into it, you would have, like, 10, 15 times your money. Just think about that, right? What kind of wealth would have been generated? And he was 13 years old talking about stuff like that. And I, and I told my wife, you see, that's the, I loved we, that we had that conversation because we was going around sharing different investment ideas and stuff like that. That's the kind of conversation that other people have on a regular. You'll, you'll more find us sitting around talking about loving hip hop on a regular. Because these wealth, people too much No, credit, that's bro. not... So then, you, so then, yes, how are these are. people? How no, how, how if, are these if, ideas on, coming to? If they're around there having these conversations on the regular, why are only one percent of the country wealthy, bro? It's not that many. There's you think we? That's the thing, and that's another mindset uh, uh, problem we have. We think so low of ourselves. We're like, oh, we're horrible. This down the third in the black nah. community. These people was messed up too. These people got they messed up thing too. Yeah, there's an upper echelon of people who don't settle for less. And then there's the ratchets. There's ratchets in every ethnicity. There's ratchets in every Don't ethnicity. Don't get it twisted. At all. But no, to piggyback off something you said, well, entrepreneurship, I listened just this morning. It's the Dame Dash interview on Breakfast Club. Yeah. And that wasn't the Are first time I've seen it. Are you a boss? I'm a boss of that stuff He like said that. something that is my phrase for life now. He's, his son, he said, will never have to call any man boss. He can't be fired because he owns his own. He said... Hustle for your last name, not for your first. And what a lot of dudes do... That's what I'm talking about. Take those chances for your own They want to look fly. They want to do this and that. If you got kids, you should look like a bum. But make sure your kids is straight. You know what I'm saying? Make sure their future is set. Because that's what you're working for. So that's what he meant by hustle for your last name, not for your first. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And I respect that. Not everybody's an entrepreneur. You know, it's not the easiest thing to do, but it's worth it. That's why it's not easy. You know, but I think it's a difference. Like go back, like dealing in the black community, we deal with so many different generations of dysfunction. So since we're dealing with dysfunction, we don't see ourselves living. We don't see ourselves being other things other than garbage men or whatever. Even if we got rappers and, and athletes, but that's like a small percent. So we don't have these conversations because we don't see ourselves. It's a, it's a good chance that we get shot by police. There's a good chance that you'll be shot by uh, another black person before we're 20 years old or we're going to be in prison. So once you 
once some three factors you calculate them in, we're not having Fortune 500 conversations. We having that's what I'm saying. I think we, it's yeah, more the sharing, true. like you know. That's a fact, though. Dr. Myers, this, this is a fact. All right, it may be a fact, but you can't walk around thinking that every time you walk out your door, I could be shot by. A no, no, no. Person. I'm not saying I could be shot by a police. But I'm saying this though: you, a large percent think like that. A large percent of people say. First of all, I'm not gonna say it's designed to set up against us. What is it? One of every four black men gonna be in parole, probation, poison, dealt. Yeah, I'm not feeling like, it. No, 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 no. But whether it be true or not, they whether it be true or not, a large percent of every city and state around this country, people are messed up now. For some some strange reason, people think it's cool not to go to school. No matter what movie, what TV show, what block we go to, we all see people on the corner. Why do we drop out of school? But we're doing it in abundance in every state, every city. If we got to change that thinking, if we're not going to school, if we getting locked up, think we ain't going to be shit, we'll be 35 or 40, we ain't going to be shit. Working at Walmart. And I said, I Walmart's a big enough company. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But you know what? But it, it got to start from Before, I, you know, the last thing I'm going to say on this topic before I move to the last question is, I feel we have to get rid of this live for today mentality. We do a lot of things just for the benefits of what we see for today. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, our our parents would teach us, like, you know, go to school, get a job, work for 30, 40 years, have a good retirement. Work for somebody else. We need to develop the conversation of how can we build our own things. But we also have to take pride in our own, right? Like, I don't think we take enough pride in our own. (laughs) Like, everybody will cry because Beyonce didn't win the Grammy, but Beyonce would get nine BET awards and we'd poo-poo it, right? Because we're not taking pride in the fact that we've recognized by our own. We still want Master to tell us that uh, we're good enough. And it's funny you say Master because that's where this all starts from. People say slavery has been over 400 plus years. Why are you still affected by it? Because it still affects are out still there. affected by it because they did such a good job of divide and conquer. They divided and conquered us. All right? Let me say Black people have not been oh, trusting oh. each other for years. And this is it's because of slavery. Like, if you're going to tell on me, I ain't going to trust you. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Whether you black or not, you're going to tell on me? How am I going to trust you? You're going to tell on me we're supposed to be working together. Let Bacardi make his point, then I'm going to move on to the last question. I work, right? I got this black dude that worked with me. I don't even know if 5% of it is a poor right to teach you. I, I hear it on the street, you right, know what I'm saying? I work with 5% of every day he be dropping down building or whatever. I don't know the what word of the I day is unity or like something like that. But anyway, me and him be talking, right? And then you got this other dude that worked with us. The owner's nephew smacked him, right? And then the, the other owner's cousin called him the N-word. So the same dude this happened to, he got slapped and called the N-word? True story. Yo, ain't no job in the world. Like, are they paying him a million dollars or something? So, I don't talk to this dude, right? Now, I was on a few corners or a fake tough guy or whatever. But every day, this dude want to do something, like, want to challenge me. But he still played the dude that smacked him called the N-word. He hates me. I never did nothing to him. I never spoke to him. Never owed him nothing. But he can't stand me. He wanna take chances to see each other and gun each other down. Mm-hmm. But he play with them. I can't fend them in my mind. Every day me and the guard. Like he cool with the dude who slapped him. And, <laughs> and every day me and the guard might talk about this Willie Lynch or whatever. Every day we talk about this. The same mentality. 
Well, before you even answered that, right? Because you kind of you you brought up the last no, but you brought up the last topic that I was gonna bring before we close out the show. (laughs) (laughs) And it's is self hate the reason why we overreact when someone from our own community just does something minor to us, but we let others get away with harming us in such a major way. Like you just gave a perfect example of it. That's a fact. Like I'm saying, I don't I've been. Like, this is my cousin. Me and him had conversations before, like, like police pulling us over. I don't know if he brought the scenario about brought the scenario. They said, what if, they said, uh, I'm what in if the mili- smacked I'm you? in the military. I never had a bad interaction with police. No, no, I have me, been me stopped listen, a listen. number of times. They said, <laughs> Just one, of us said, one of us said, what if police smack you? What you going to do? Mm. And nine times out of ten, we ain't going to do nothing. ain't going to do nothing. Now, let's just deal with society and the media. They say all blacks carry weapons. All blacks are thugs. What if I smack you? What you going to do? You going to try to take my head off? That's a high chance I have a gun But that's on authority, me. though. No, 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 no. But it's the same chance I may have a gun on me. Why are you going to transgress against me? No, it, you, know you know what? what I'm I agree, but then I don't because it's a different type of reaction. Like, if that cop didn't have that authority over me and he did that, we going to have the same... Reaction. I'm a tussle with you. Now but listen, I know if Billy I'm come over and slaps me, and Billy look like he's just Billy, not part of NYPD or anything like that. He just look like a regular dude. Yeah. He's getting the wrath of God on his yeah. ass. But if I know he's a cop, I have to reassess the situation. Because that's now different. You could win the fight and beat his ass, but then his boys is gonna come. You gonna get arrested. They are gonna reverse the story, and somehow you gonna be guilty. But I never said you do nothing to him. I'm just saying what. Why you have to do nothing to them? It's that they have fear. We, we just fear them. Listen, we going overseer. KRS said it best. Overseer. The I original mean, police were the people that were go around and hunt for the escaped slaves. The slaves that escaped from the plantation. The original police or sheriffs. They had badges. Their job was to go find the escaped slaves. Yeah. And it just end up years, years later becoming no. police. We just fear white people. No, I don't no. think we fear white people, but I, I feel like authority, right? We, um, it's because a lot of white people are in the authoritative position, so it causes a hesitation. The police aspect of it is a whole nother thing. I just feel like, if I do something to you, chances are we're gonna pop over instantaneously. If, if they like said somebody outside our race do something to us, we're gonna sit back and go. He gonna pull the cops on us. We gonna justify why we not gonna do something to him. No, I don't think about that. No, I I, I kind of agree where you're coming from because like think yo, yo, think about it like this. this. He gonna do this to me. Sometimes you me. might bump into you know someone from another nationality and stuff like that. They say, "Oh, I'm sorry, I was looking," and you just like you know what? I would do something, but they're gonna call the cop. They gonna get me in trouble. But a black dude step on your shoes and you swing off on him. You didn't think twice about they're going to pull the cops and stuff like that. You didn't even give him a chance. You didn't even give him a chance to apologize. Not everybody's a hothead like that. If you allow him to say sorry. Not everybody's a hothead If you do say sorry, the next thing, but yo, you better watch next time or something. You're not going to just let it go. Yeah, be extra. We don't, listen. That's that fake tough guy talk. Is that fake tough guy talk? Or we don't appreciate each other. We don't love each other. One thing I learned in life, one of the easiest things you do in the world it's for one black person to hurt another black person. Takes no thought. It's Don't get me started with that, man. It's you, crab in the you barrel. Gonna, you're gonna hurt those yeah, that are in your community. Those are the closest to you. Now, I thought about that. When, I was like, why would we riot? We don't go to the white people neighborhood and mess up that. all that stuff. No, I'm just saying you. 
they, I hate that phrase, black on black crime. No, um, but I don't really think he's white on white crime. Yeah, the appreciation of I'm, your fellow I'm, I'm, right, man. I don't think we appreciate each other as black men the same way. No, like we don't. We don't appreciate ourselves as human beings, period. Or you wouldn't have as much killing. So it's not a black about. on black thing. It's no, not a no, black no, no, black no, thing. No, it, it's a listen, man on man type of thing. Like I think, listen. Nobody values life anymore. We the only race of people that kill each other for maybe different color rags. Red or blue, if I rock my head, hat to the side or to the left, we actually kill each other, destroy our families, go to prison for, I, for simple shit. There's other people do it too, but it's Irish more prominent. Moms, it's more prominent on neighborhoods. They are in different right. sex and different right. gangs. They kill each other too. So I don't like that we put that all on us. I'm yes, not, we have our flaws where there's gangs and they killing people in gangs. So, but it wouldn't matter if you was if you was a white dude in that gang. You gonna die just like the black dude in that gang because you in that gang. It's not about because you black. So you see what I'm saying? We're coming to the end of the show, but the the topic was self hate, right? So I'd like you to give you know a closeout on on self hate, your perspective as far as do you think it's an issue that we suffer in the black community? <coughs> you want me to go first? I, yeah, I, I would say yes because well, you know, okay, but go first. A lot of people, I'm not going to say black people, a lot of people don't feel like they shit. You know, so a lot of times we, we, we dress like we got it. We wear $400 belts, $800 sneakers, but we live in an apartment that matches on the floor and we got a bed frame. You know what I'm saying? If you want to look good, to feel good. It's a lot of bad Instagram girls with right. no bed springs, so, yo. We do things because we don't like ourselves just to make ourselves feel good. And then, and then I will do anything in my power to make you feel bad right now. I can get my aunt's car. And pull up on you, like, like I'm stuck as my aunt car, it's a station wagon. But Lord, you on the bus, Lord, that will put you down, and make you feel good. It's like we, as long as we on top of each other on that crap in the barrel thing, we, we don't like each other, man. What about you, Sensei? I wouldn't describe even no, that situation like as self hate, though. It's not self hate. It's wanting to, wanting to feel more, I guess, worth. You know what I'm saying? When you grow up in certain communities that we've been in grown up in or whatever you know that community will have you thinking that you're not worth much you see what i'm saying so i guess people try to change that idea with the the monetary items that they can get at time to time and, and stunt and feel better about themselves um i i find it hard to understand people there are people out there who do hate themselves when you look on these talk shows and you're like uh, black women that only date white men or black men that only date white women stuff like that that's self-hate like why would you limit who you want to fall in love with because you hate yourself um as far as the whole monetary stuff i just think that's people wanting to feel good about themselves i'm not saying it's right it's still somewhat ignorant because that putting some italian designer's name on your body does not make you worth more but you know I think that's learned behavior, and and it's learned behavior because they see what's going on around them. Um, I'm a very confident person, borderline cocky, some would say, and I think the best quality I have is I don't really care what other people think about me, and I think if more people had that idea, they would be better off because you're not living for other people. You're living for yourself. You're living for your kids, um, your significant other, those people that matter in life, and those people are not focused on the designer you're wearing or what you can do for them 
You know what I'm saying? When you can realize that, you will lose all that self-hate stuff. That's the thing. That's deep. I'm going to close it out on saying we do have an issue on self-hate. And it's manifested in so many different ways. I was having a conversation yesterday. And uh, someone told me they was upset to see Serena Williams impregnated and about to marry a white man. I was and upset she, by and, that too. And, and he was saying how, <laughs> oh, how could she run to the white man, you know, uh, the, the black community been supporting her for all life. And I said, I said, I said, you know what? Love is a love thing, right? Because we can't, we can't always say, oh, someone did that. The person actually said that, oh, she ran to the white man because the white man had wealth and stuff like that. But I'm like, she has her own wealth. And then another thing I said is, we also, <coughs> it's also a self-hate thing because think about it. On the majority of times when we hear Serena Williams even reference, we always talk about how she's thick, she's thick, or her athletic prowess. No one ever, not no one, but a lot of times people don't say she's a beautiful black woman. She's attractive. She what represents beauty. It's always her physical attributes, her big butt and stuff like that. And I told him, she's not appreciated in our community the way that she should be. We we. We appreciate her accolades and her gifts, but we never view her her beauty. We never big up her beauty and stuff like that. You know the whole dark skin, light skin thing in our community that's still, you know, remnants of slavery and stuff like that, a fair skin, stuff like that. But my thing about it is another aspect of self-hate that we're all guilty of as well is, think about it. How many times do people concentrate efforts on saying, you know what, that neighborhood's bad, I'm going to work on building that neighborhood back up, putting programs to make that neighborhood back up, making that neighborhood good again. No, what do we do? We get our money up and then we go move into a neighborhood that we're not appreciated, that they don't want us in. You know what I'm saying? That they, they, they get angry once we come into those neighborhoods. Why? Because they, when we bring the black people into the neighborhood, quote unquote, the value go down. We need to concentrate on building up our own neighborhoods. And that comes with building economies right we don't have a strong economy our economy goes one way it goes out the money we make goes out of our neighborhood the money we make goes out of our family and it goes into other people's families and other people's economies so it is a self-hate thing because when you don't look at someone's another person who looks like you who's trying to do something and you're like you know what i'm gonna try to support them as best as i can if that's not your agenda if you laugh at them and be like yo look what they're trying to do and then you blindly go support someone who don't care about you who don't do anything for you that is a form of self-hate support 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 and that's how we're gonna end the show this week so as always at the end of a podcast that i do i allow people to do shout outs and give final thoughts so Go ahead, guys. Whoever want to go first, do your shout-out and your final thought. Uh, I'm going to shout-out my oldest daughter, my beautiful daughter, Kayla. She just had her prom, junior high school prom on Friday. Um, shout-out my younger daughter, Kira. She just turned 10 yesterday. Happy um, birthday, Kira. Happy birthday, my love. And my two little uh, minion boys. <laughs> MJ and Carmelo Five and two They're crazy But I love them to death um, Shout out everybody Who showed me love On IG um, I don't even know How to say my IG name Tell you the truth I made it difficult It's it's no one higher But it's I'm trying to look it up Right now Which is crazy It's N-O underscore H um, E-Y-E 
underscore R something like that. Ain't no one gonna remember that, so no you're gonna have to post that in the comments. Yeah, I'll post that. Um, holler me, holler at me on Facebook, Mike Wynn. That's my name. Um, I got Wynn in my last name because that's all I'm trying to do. That's all I will do. And um, I hope y'all enjoyed this pilot episode of Views from the Friend Zone. It's only gonna get better. Let my man Bacardi Dark tell you a little something. Oh, uh, y'all just be safe out there, man. That's yeah. it, right? That's it. Be safe out there. Y'all be <laughs> safe, though. I, you know, it's your boy, Real Talk Marv. Views from the Friend Zone is a new podcast. Continue to support those who follow me from my previous venture. Thank you very much. Those who are new to the show, thank you very much, you know. I have this new podcast. The title Views from the Friend Zone doesn't necessarily mean everything is going to be about the friend zone. It's just a vantage point that I bring because of my experiences. But as you can see with my talented co-hosts, they have wild, crazy minds of their own. They ain't got nothing to do with the friend zone. And I'm going to leave you guys on this, right? There's two dates that are important in your life. It's the day that you're born and the day that you die. But there's a dash that's put in between it. Make that dash mean the most that it can. Make that dash mean full of memories, love, and support. Support your people. Let me tell you, it's hard. We all have competition. We all have things in life that's pushing us back. The best thing you can do is support someone else who's trying to do something, especially someone who looks like you. I'm not saying be discriminatory. I'm just saying other races find a way to support each other and have no issue with it, and we are often made to compete against each other. Spread love is the only way. Spread That's how we're going to head out. It's the Peace. Brooklyn way. <laughs> yeah.